Welcome to Fans of the Forge Knife or Death Wrap Up for Season 2, Episode 6. Don't fear the recurve. We are going to get right down to business here. I didn't mention in the last recording that we did, it's just the two of us. Uh, no Sean. <laughs> I think they can see that. They could probably figure that out <laughs> if they're watching the video. Or, or if you're in a podcast, eventually you'll, you'll realize you're not hearing Sean's voice. Yeah, Sean called in sick, and so we hope he feels better soon, because he's going to be in a wedding this weekend. and we're oh, only he's in that wedding? Yeah. I don't know why I, I knew that. Yeah, we're just- should have known that. We're just friends. attending, <laughs> yeah. but he's in the wedding, so we want him to feel yeah. better, better and ready to go for the wedding. Good thing he stayed home so, to rest. Yeah, he said he wanted to stay home, and I said, you do that. It makes sense. So we're going to wrap up this Knife or Death episode ourselves, and it was a pretty good one. You're going to enjoy this. Yeah, I actually haven't watched it yet <laughs> because we had open house at our school today, and so I just went from school, got the kid, went back to school, and now I'm going off of his notes. You'll enjoy it. I'm, I'm sure I will because I still want to see it, even if I know what happens. And you're going to have to make a pick without oh, okay. seeing it. Okay. You think you can do that of once course. we go through these? Yes. Okay. All right. So for Knife Fight, the course was trifecta, cut through each of the objects, releasing the torch to light the flames. This time it was bamboo, a thick piece of bamboo, big round piece of bamboo, green PVC pipe, and a rope. Then you moved on to box cutter. Cut the bottom off of the hanging box, releasing its contents before moving on. And then decapitator, you must slice completely through each target with one swing. And they had onions, celery, and pineapples. Thrice, you had to cut completely through all three ice blocks in order. Do they say in order? Goldberg says in order. I listened to it. Okay. And it is important in this episode, and you will come to find out. (laughs) Then you moved on to Lifeline, which was the chicken, plastic tubing, and the fish. And then you end with Killshot must slice through all six randomly positioned ratchet traps with three swings. And then if you get through that, Plunge your blade into the tree stump or Plunge. tap it or whatever. Just get to the tree stump. And so we start right off. I'll do the first one here and then you can you go right. from there. The first competitor on this episode was Joel Rice. And he goes by at Treadsoft14 on Instagram. He is a practicer of Escrima, Filipino martial arts, karate, and jujitsu. And he showed up with his blade called the Techno SS. That was the name for it that he called it. And it was a Kamantuli Filipino designed blade with an extra long handle that allowed for multiple hand positions. So this thing was like, the handle was this long. You could grab it up at the top. It had it had finger like Groove. indentations at the top and below. And it had a long enough strap on it so that you could be grabbing it with one hand at the bottom if you wanted to, or having a two-handed grip on the thing for, for really mm. putting some power in. It was a neat design. So Travis says, your blade cuts well, it has good edge geometry and sharpness, and it gives the user a bit of variation to swing from with the different handle positions. 
Some of the features of Note is a 13-inch blade that's designed for chopping, but its short length may be a possible weakness. So, for Trifecta, easily cuts through all three, and he was doing, like, these circular motions with his swings that looked kind of weird, but it worked really well. Like, it gave him some good angles when he was going to cut mm-hmm. down on these things and had no issues. He moved on to Box Cutter, and he moved his hand farther down the handle to get some more extra power and leverage from that blade. And you could see it. The power was there. He was tearing through the first box. And uh, on the second box, he had hit it, and the box was spinning. And Tulam said, he's controlling the spinature of the box. Is that a word? Is spinature a word? I feel like we've had this conversation. As soon as you say it, it's a word. Well, I don't agree with that, <laughs> but spinature seemed like a, a weird word. But anyway, he got through you both. You know what he means, though. Yes, I do know what he means. So he got through both, moved on to decapitator. He got a penalty on those onions. They're hard. They're onions are t- short. Onions are short and they're tough. Yeah. Like you can't just, they're not easy to slice through. You have to have a really, really sharp blade to get through onions. But the celery and pineapples, no problems. Although with the celery, he did kind of like, he was swinging like backswing, like backhand style with it. And when he swung at the celery, it like curved up. Like he just caught the top of the celery. It was like this close. But he got it. He got it. He only got one penalty there. Then for thrice, he went out of order. And got a penalty because of that. But otherwise, tore through the ice box. But because he skipped out of order, he got a penalty. Lifeline, he took time easily lining up his shots and cut right through. No issues. And then he moved on to kill shot. His first strike bounced off the straps. And then he was at a disadvantage moving forward because... He had to then cut through all six straps with two strikes left. Right. He wasn't able to do it. So he got stopped by the ratchet straps. That's where his run ended. We move on to our next competitor. Which was Ken Woodbury. Is that how we pronounce his name? Because that's how mm-hmm. we say the town. Okay. Yep. Ken Woodbury. Medieval combat sword fighting. As his background. Yes. He had a kukri style blade. Was 18 and a half inches with 15 inch of cutting surface and eight inch of handle. Um, Travis says that he's concerned about bending in the blade as he sees wiggles and it's sharpened at a blunt edge. It was a really, it was a thick, thick edge. Mm-hmm. He would have liked to see a thinner edge, but the design gives almost an axe style section to that part of the blade. So it should be a phenomenal chopper. Yep. It, it had a double-handed grip, and the grip uses daisy rivet washers. So, yeah, it was interesting because it looks like a, a kukri, but be, the blade is super thick at the top. Like, you know how the kukris have, like, the little belly part up yep. at the top? It was thick like an axe head almost, but it wasn't nearly as sharp as as anyone would really normally like it. But uh, it was interesting. It was different. So for Trifecta, he took some time, but gets through all three with no penalties. Mm-hmm. Box Cutter easily broke the first box, but seemed to get be getting winded and losing control over the Kukri. Um, he sliced the box off its tether and got a penalty. 
and decapitator, penalty on the onions, cut the other two with no problem. Thrice got a penalty for going out of order, but easily smashed through the ice. Lifeline, cuts through chicken with a beautiful upward angle slice. Easily cuts through two, um, the tube. Two lamb loves his angles. And also cuts right through the fridge. Then kill shot, got through five of the six straps. So he also got stopped at kill shot. And did I say that he, for, yeah, he went out of order on his ice as well. Yep. So it's so two in a row. Am that, I making a prediction that no one actually finishes? Um, you can make that any prediction you want to. We're gonna. I'm gonna find out soon enough. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna find out. Do you think that's gonna happen here? Sure, I'll go for it. <laughs> so our next contestant was Chad Remus at Chad Remus on Instagram, and uh, Remus spelled R-E-M-U-S. He brought a custom long sword his sword was four feet long with a three-foot blade it was double-edged and he made it himself he also only had three to four months of forging experience when he made that sword which may or may not be a, a thing the other guy last episode that had the gladius that he, was his he, he was, was learning how to was move one of his first things he had a year of experience this guy only had about a quarter to a third of that amount yeah. of experience. And as you'll find out, Travis wasn't so hot on this sword. So he's he's asking a number of questions about the sword, and then he sees this guy has a guard, and it's just like a weird-shaped piece of metal. And he goes, well, how how is this guard attached? And... Chad's well says, well, it was it was welded on. I welded on a piece of leaf spring uh, as a guard. And Travis is like, gets this grave look on his face, and he goes, "That is a big no-no for places where it is acceptable to weld a blade where the guard is, as the weld when you do something like that significantly damages the steel, which is something Sean and I were discussing in one of our other wrap-ups last week. We didn't know how the weld affected right, yeah. the steel. Travis is saying, when you weld something like that to steel, it's significantly damaging the structure of the steel. Because it warms it up and it changes the grain structure, right? Exactly, yeah. So these are Travis's words verbatim. I can think of no example where welding a guard on a blade with an electric arc welder would be advisable, acceptable, recommended, or even safe. Oof. It does not make the cut, and Chad was sent home. It was really, it was disappointing because it was, it looked like a neat blade, mm-hmm. but it, it was concerning. It's not going to be safe. Though. It was, yeah, it was not safe. Travis knew that that would be the weak point and likely would break if. Something went wrong in the course, and you just couldn't yeah. couldn't let it through. So our next contestant is Zach Gulick. Yep. At Gulick's underscore metal underscore work. Um, he started out as an apprentice farrier and has been forging blades for two years. He brought a modified kukri with a 12-inch cutting blade um, with a single-handed grip. It is moderately heavy and moderately sharp, designed for chopping but not for slashing. Travis says the profile is a little odd. It would have had a lot of mass forward, but you have a lot of mass in this. I don't know what that says. <laughs> so, okay. So Travis says it's got a lot of mass in this chingasso. And I had the closed captioning on at the time. The closed captioning just says in this 
dot 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 back here because he says in this chingasso back here it goes in this dot 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 back here so it's probably not a real word <laughs> okay please correct us if we're wrong on that one um and Travis has concerns about the handle being dangerous to the user because there is some sar- sharp edges and sharp deals. His words, sharp edges and deals. Okay. I should not like ever try doing this wrap-up without seeing the show <laughs> again. My apologies, guys. Um, uh, Travis says, it's not a pretty blade, but it cuts great. So, trifecta. Damn. Cut through the rope in one swing. Made it through bamboo and PVC e- easily. The box cutter takes some time to pick the right angles of attack and wrecks the first box, knocks the second box off the tether and gets a penalty. Um, decapitator, Goldberg says, very poor effort when getting a penalty on the onions. <laughs> Clears the celery and then doesn't take the time to set up a good swing. Pulls it a little short and misses the last pineapple. Two penalties. I just, I just was, I noted the fact that Goldberg said very poor effort I didn't think it was a poor effort. I mean, the guy is going out there. He's in the middle of his run, and he's still swinging at these onions. He just didn't line it up well. And then Goldberg's like, it was a very poor effort. Um, Okay, Goldberg. He got a penalty for going out of order, but easily smashed through the ice. Goldberg says, you have to pay attention to the rules, too. Exactly. And I made a note. This is the third person in a row... To not do the ice in the right order. Maybe something wasn't made clear to these guys before they went on the course. How do they know the order? Is it marked on the floor? They have to. I'm guessing they're telling them. Like they do a run through of the course probably. They have to They have to tell them some sort of order in, in how to do it. Like before they get to the course. Even though when they walk through that gate that's supposed to be the first time they see it. There must be some way for them to know what the order is. Mm-hmm. And it obviously was not made clear here if the first three people up all were out of order. Just saying. And then in Lifeline, utilizes great downward angled swings to cut all three. Killshot only got through two straps. So we have another one stopped by Killshot. So far, my prediction is holding. I sound more excited about that. (laughs) I want people to finish. Then we have Bobby Cannon who is an Army veteran and martial artist. Thank you for your service. Thank you very much. And he brought what he called a clave, but they said in the weapon wrap-up screen that it was a Kukri Yadagon hybrid. It had a 20-inch blade, and it was made with horse stall mat handle, which we've said before. That seems like a pretty good material for that type of weapon because it's grippy and, and grippy makes it, and squishy at the same time yeah it makes it easier to hold on to the blade mm-hmm. it's moderately sharp it's obviously designed for slashing but hasn't been tested for chopping travis likes the recurve shape and the edge geometry says it has a great weight and balance so this is the blade from which the episode title comes we think the recurve um well this one the other guy had a, oh. a kukri as well um, and if I remember correctly, um, the blade itself was made by a guy that was on Forge and Fire uh, named David Mooneyham. Oh, they don't mention it in the episode, but it came up on the Facebook discussion group. So <laughs> figured I'd mention it here. 
So Bobby moves on to the course for trifecta. He really utilized his whole body to create leverage when cutting through these things, and he took his time. And the way that he would do it is he would, like, as he was going down to swing, he was coming straight down, but he was also lifting a foot up and, like, stomping down his whole body, leaning forward, bringing a lot of force down. He got through all three in about 34 seconds or so. It's pretty quick. Then he moved on to box cutter. Took some time, you know, setting it up. You're getting a lot of spinature on those boxes that you got to control. So he managed to get through both of them. You're going to use that as much as you can now, huh? Yes. And then it's a word now. Decapitator. He had a penalty on those onions. For thrice, he went in the correct order and got through all three. But so it was interesting that he he knew to go in the correct order and he was the fourth one going through the course that day. He was the fourth one they showed going through the course. Right. We don't know when they actually go. True. That's true. And yeah. Anyway. So that's thrice. Lifeline. He went up, lined up his shots really well. And again, Tulane loves those angles. Loves those angles. Angles are, are good things to love. Mathematicians. Kill shot. He gets all the way through including cutting through the last four with one swing. Wow. And he finishes the course. So he's just defying all the things. He's going in the right <laughs> order and making it to the end. <laughs> I'm okay with that prediction being shot down. <laughs> and then I don't think he actually plunges his blade into the stump. just kind of it on top. If I remember correctly. And then you can have the last one here. Rochelle Hams. Yes. Bladesmith and blacksmith instructor at an outdoor survival school, um, Forged and Fire contestant. Yep, she was a Forged and Fire contestant uh, a couple seasons ago. Did we watch that one? No. No. I had never seen her before, so we have to catch up on that I mean, at some point. Admittedly, we've, we've only seen maybe half of all the episodes, and you are far ahead of me because you were researching for the um, grudge match. Yes. So she brought a Roman Gladius with... It was made from 5160 steel, 20 inch blade length with a two handed grip. It's very light, moderately sharp, and features a double edged blade. Travis says the dynamics on this blade cut very well. The handle's a little small for his hand, but it's designed for her hand. So, And at this point, she holds her hand out, and then Travis puts it, and does like- this, and it was about the same, <laughs> the same difference. And he goes, oh, Okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> So for a trifecta, it takes about a minute to get through all three. Box cutter swings with a ton of power into the corners of the boxes and gets through both boxes, but it um, looks a little window, winded. Decapitator, penalty on the onions, and penalty on the pineapple. Thrice goes in order, uses both sides of the blade, and delivers the heat to get through all three, but she's tired. Yeah, you could tell by this point she was starting to look a little gassed. Did they? Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Count. Lifeline easily slices through all three with downward angled slices, and Killshot only got through two straps. So Bobby was the only one to complete knife fight. So my prediction was close. Yep, it was only one com- uh, person to so complete. So he's moving on to dead run, and Joel makes it to dead run with um, a run of four minutes and one second. Yep. What was um. 
Bobby's time. Do you remember? Um, no. So he's through simply, like, not simply, but because he made it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then we have the fastest time of those who did not make it all the way through. So Bobby versus Joel. I have to pick. I usually go by whoever had the fastest time. Hmm. And Joel made it pretty far because he, he got stuck he only had on the a, end. Yeah, he only he made had it to a the end. There. I'm going to go with Joel only because that's the only time I know. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Joel. You're going to go with Joel even though Bobby won, got all the way through Knife Fight? Yes, because Joel made it almost to the end. He was stuck by three ratchet straps. Okay. Okay. Um, Who did you pick? I also chose Joel. Oh, you did? I did, yes. So the one time we don't watch the show together, we still pick the same guy. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and uh, one other thing to mention, uh, Joel was using... His blade that was made by Jeremy Bintama of Bullseye Blades. And um, they've checked us out for a little while now. And they actually let us know, hey, make sure you're watching this episode. Our boy Joel is going to be on there. Mm -hmm. So just wanted to get that in now. Before we go any farther, there was... Was there another guy? Another guy that was not featured in the episode, and I have him pulled up here. Let me get his information. I'm glad we're paying attention to this now. <laughs> it was um, a surprise at first. Jason I... McPherson is the na- name of the guy that didn't get to go. And uh, on Instagram, he is McPherson Knives, M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N Knives. And uh, you should check him out and keep an eye out for when his run eventually comes up on the History Channel website. Because it seems strange the way that they've been doing this with cutting people off the show and mixing and matching. It's weird. Mm -hmm. And there was somebody that got cut off the last episode, too, and I did a little creative editing to get the other people that lined up for the screenshot. But I I still didn't find out who that guy was. It's weird. But we move on to Dead Run. So... The dead run obstacles are gauntlet from inside the circle on the platform. Cut all objects in half. In half. Then we have ball buster where we have nine, cut nine rolling balls in half. In half. Before they hit the floor. Then we have flying objects. Cut the rope. Release the meat. Cut the meat. Grill up some sweet, sweet steaks. <laughs> I like to put whatever, like, just <laughs> add some little things in because I know you're going to read it and just kind of say it and then realize what you're saying. <laughs> like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> so we have free fall. Cut the fruit as it falls, much like Fruit Ninja. Fire and ice. Cut through 400-pound um, ice block to trigger the flames. Mm-hmm. And then we have crash landing, cut completely through the flying targets before they zip past you, then destroy the crate to release the contents and find the red ball. Yep. Is that there this time? Yep. Okay. Then finally, we have firestorm, cut the ropes to release the stairs, climb the stairs, and end it with one final chop. Penalties are 20 seconds. So You and I both picked Joel, which we just said. And Sean picks, who knows? We didn't ask him. Yes. We we're also not expecting to I do will this retroactively one. give him points if he picks the right person. Yes. 
Oh, good job not telling me who the right person was. <laughs> so I will take us through this first one here. Joel was up first. Gauntlet. He came in. He took his time. He moved with each target. This was one of the best runs I think I've seen going, at least starting off with Gauntlet. The way that he went with each one was that as they spun around, he stuck with one. He didn't jump around to all the oh, different like, ones. Oh, because they kind of like spin like They're, this way. So he well, these are these are the ones where it's just four going around in a oh, circle. Okay. He stuck with one, followed around until the circle he until he was done. was done, moved on to the next. And it was, you know, the tatami mat and uh, pieces of wood, essentially. Mm -hmm. And he took his time, but he got through them all. It was, it was quick and easy for the most part. Ball Buster. Um, after his first few swings... Uh, he had two penalties, and he he changed his swing to more of a like sideways baseball bat, except one handed mm -hmm. uh, slice. And then he was he nailed him. He only got two penalties out of all of them. And hey, the red ball came back on this Ooh. one. They they had the red ball again. <laughs> I don't know why I was missing last time, but it was there too. They couldn't find it. They lost the <laughs> the they one red ball. Well, or, I suppose they replenished them because they chopped them. Yeah, they chopped them to pieces. <laughs> they forgot to paint it this time. Yeah. But anyway, moving on, flying targets. He did land one piece of meat on the grates, but he got two penalties. Uh, free fall. Damn. No penalties. That's tough. Every single one of those fruit he cut, and instead of the uh, cantaloupes this time, they had smaller watermelons. Oh, okay. So they had big watermelons and then baby watermelons falling, and he nailed all of them. He got every single nice. one. Fire and ice. Two strikes to get through the ice. Wow. That's, always... and <laughs> That's then impressive. It's good. And then crash landing, he had penalties on tubes. Like they had the, the plastic tubes coming down. Mm -hmm. He did not get through those all the way. And then he finished the course, went through Firestorm, and his tally ended up being overall six penalties. Six, right? Mm -hmm. Goldberg says... It's a lot of penalties for this run. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking? <laughs> what? Six not penalties? Not That's not many at all. Like 13. <laughs> yeah. There's been people on other episodes that have been into the teens multiple times. And you're going to say six is a lot of penalties? Come on, Goldberg. That's like one for each thing, except that it was, you know, not. All right. And then we move on to Bobby Cannon. Bobby. So for Gauntlet takes his time, moves with each target instead of jumping between targets, also uh, decimates them all. Mm -hmm. Ballbuster had three penalties. Still not bad. Flying targets landed three, no penalties. He got every single one to land on those grates. It was impressive. Then Freefall had two penalties on the tiny watermelons. Fire and Ice took four strikes. Still very nicely done. Mm-hmm. Um, crash landing took his time walking between penalties. Oh, between obstacles, okay. like between the different <laughs> sections. So he was really like he finished gauntlet, and then he just kind of sauntered over slowly to the next one. But this this counts the overall time of you walking between it, does, it yeah. too. The clock doesn't so stop. So he was not moving quickly between each one. He was oh, okay. He was like catching his breath. Um, he missed the water bottle and one tube, and incurred two penalties. And um, he seems very tired cutting the box. Yes. So overall, seven penalties. 
Joel had four minutes and 43 seconds. Mm-hmm. And Bobby had five minutes and 48 seconds. Yep. So Joel wins. Joel wins. You picked the right win. I did. You got another point. You're trying to talk me out of it. <laughs> I wasn't trying to talk you out of it. I was just. Like, you sure? <laughs> what? You want that one? Okay, maybe I was trying to talk you out of it because I thought it'd be interesting. But you didn't bite. You, t- you went with your gut and you won. <laughs> and so we move on to the magic word counts. And I took notes on some of the magic words this episode, some of the things that they said multiple times. Yep, you'll see. <laughs> so the in half count was two times, so not as many. When Joel was going through the course, they said, this is a youthful kid. This, is, this kid's got the he? youth. He's 30. Oh. But he's like, he's so, or, oh, you know, Zach Gulix too, I think is where I also heard it. Because okay. he's, he's 18 years old. Oh, okay. So between but the two 30. of them, they were like, youthful. I, maybe they didn't say it as much for Joel, but they definitely said youth four times. <laughs> and then I had to put in here some magic words. Spinature, I still don't believe that's a word. And it was in the closed captionings, again, we're, we're on. Spinature was in Quotes. quotation marks. <laughs> That's why I also made a, a note about that. Uh, another magic word, chingasso. Travis, is that really a thing? Or did you, is that just your name for it? The little... Don't look at me. <laughs> and, uh, and then, I like his angles. I love his angles. Two times. And gassed. Two times. Oh, okay. So some of our staples from the, when we first started counting, those are still there. I think we need to more pick like a word of the day. Each episode seems to have its own thing. This one was the made up words. Spinacher and chingasso. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, I'm probably still going to keep count anyway for the yeah. next ones. So our points going into this, you and I are still tied with six points now. Yep. We have picked the right winner in every episode so far. Oh, yeah, we have. Sean... We don't know who he picked for this episode. We will retroactively give him a point if he chose Joel. Mm-hmm. We need to ask him before we. I need this. to, yeah, before <laughs> I put this up, I'm going to have to ask him who he picks. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. But that's the episode. Yeah. Knife for Death wrap up, season two, episode six. Don't fear the recurve. Good job, guys. It was a good episode. That I look forward to watching retroactively. Yeah, there was some stuff on it that was pretty cool. Remember to keep an eye out for McPherson Knives when his episode comes out. And uh, I think that's it. Yep. See you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Oh, hey, and for, don't forget, oh. follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. And don't worry about Twitter, but just follow, like, subscribe if you listen to this on podcast version like on itunes or something we know there are some of you out there because we get the stats some people are downloading this it's not just me and Teresa who have it subscribed in our podcast app leave a review a couple nice positive reviews goes a long way helps people see our show and then if they see our show and that it has good reviews they might actually download themselves and Help build the audience. But anyway, thank you for watching, and we will catch you next week.
Let's go find Spinacher. I am. Spinacherscenter.com. South Padre Island Dolphin Research. Spinacher definition. Can we research dolphins? You can, but later. Spinacher definition. Oh, it asks me if I want signature definition. <laughs> and, and then it immediately goes to signature. And it immediately puts me to define signature. <laughs> no definition for spinature on wordplay. I don't think it's a real word. 